Hey guys, welcome to Home Church Scotland. I'm Pastor Dave and welcome to our weekly podcast. Guys, if you're encouraged by what you hear today, why not check out our social medias? Just search for Home Church Scotland. Or why not subscribe to our YouTube channel where all of our services are live and in full for you to enjoy at your listening pleasure. So great to be here with you this morning. It's an absolute joy and delight to be back with you. I know we were back last week, but uh, we really appreciate being here back in our home church. Yeah. Are you happy to be in home church? Yes. Best place to be. Amen. Okay, we're going to look at the Word of God in a moment or two, and I just feel that God's given me something to share with you. Um, When Pastor Dave contacted me and said, would you speak Sunday morning? About an hour before that, I'd said to Bev, I think I've got a word, I need to start to write things down, and I started to write things down, and so we know that's God, amen? But we want to be encouraged this morning in the Word. We also want to be challenged, amen? Because, you know, if, if we can't apply the Word of God to our lives and we, we don't continue to change, then what's the point? You know, the Word of God is there and it's there to, in order to, to shape us and to hone us to be the kind of person that Christ wants us to be. So that's what we're praying this morning. Amen. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a little secret about myself. Are you ready for this? Is this being recorded? Of course it is. So there's the secret. Sometimes I do ironing. <laughs> I know, it's only sometimes. Because I tend to try and buy clothes that don't need to be ironed. Do you? Aha, uh-huh. I mean, it's much easier that way. Huh? But occasionally there are things that need to be ironed. So occasionally I do do the ironing. Bev does a lot of ironing. And I remember one particular day I was, uh, I was just watching my son who was ironing. And he did something what I thought was quite amazing. Because you see, all the years that I've been ironing, I've been putting up the ironing board, getting the iron out, ironing my clothes, and then lifting up the ironing board, upside down, pulling the, the legs, clicking them down, put them into place, fumbling with it, bashing into things, putting it back into the cupboard. My son's ironing, and after he's finished, he goes, click and the legs just fold. I said, what did you just do? He said, I just pulled the lever. I said, what lever? (laughs) And I had to have a look. There is a lever that you just click and the legs just fold. I said, that's amazing. And you know, it wasn't just me because my wife didn't know that either and (laughs) nor did my daughter. So we learned something that morning. And what I came to realise is that The lever was there for a purpose. And everything in life we find has a purpose. And once we find that purpose, it makes life a lot easier. When we find our purpose in life, life is a lot easier and fulfilled. That's what I want to look at this morning. I was thinking about nature. Now I love the documentaries, I love the David Attenboroughs and all that kind of thing. And when you look at these programmes, you realise that Literally, the whole of nature works together and it all has a purpose. You think about the bees and the bees go to the flowers, don't they? I mean, simple terms. And they go to the flowers and they they pollinate them. But the bees actually need the pollen for protein, apparently, and nectar for carbohydrates. That's what they need. 
So they, they go and they get this from the flowers. But the flowers need the bees because every flower they go to, they then pollinate the next lot of flowers. And in fact, I was reading that something like 70% of what you eat has been pollinated by nature. Isn't that amazing? And God created that. He created the world and, and everything that's in it to work together with a purpose. We even think of our own bodies. Uh, I could do with losing a bit of mine, just about there. Um, but that's what comes when you're meeting people and eating a lot. So but our bodies, everything in them is made for a purpose. Every organ in your body has a purpose and a function. And if one organ fails to do its fulfilled purpose, then we're in trouble. And, and likewise, I think, in life, what we find from the scriptures, what we find from the Bible, is that we were created for a purpose. And when we find our purpose, let me tell you, life is so much better, easier, like the ironing board with the lever. Once we found that it was easy, it was created for a purpose, and if it could have talked, it would have said, are you stupid or something? I've been here all these years and you haven't ever used me. I mean, you can't talk, obviously, thank goodness because I'd have whacked it. But the thing is, it had a purpose and we have a purpose uh, in, in being alive and God wants to use us for his purpose. We read in book of Acts 13 verse 36, talking about King David. For David, after he'd served the purpose of God for his generation, died. Well, that's, that's my translation of it. He died. So for the time that he was alive, in his generation, he served the purpose of God. And when you read the stories of David, you know that lots of amazing things happened. We can read about them today and we think, wow, 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 what an amazing guy. It wasn't just that he was an amazing guy, it was the fact that he fulfilled God's purpose for him in his generation. And we can do the same. Yeah? We're not all going to be kings and queens. In fact, none of us are going to be kings and queens, I don't think. But the fact is, we need to find God's purpose in our lives in order to be fulfilled. So I want to talk this morning not about a specific purpose for you, because I believe God has a plan for every single one of us. And I'm not going to talk about how to find God's will for your life. Not this morning, maybe do another time. I want to find, just talk about, really, as followers of Jesus, what is our purpose. Okay, you with me? Okay. It's very simple. The first, it's like a three-stranded purpose. The first strand of our purpose as followers of Jesus is to love Jesus. That's our purpose. And if I'm just talking perhaps to some people online, we know that people from other countries watch this and people from other faiths so let's be absolutely clear when we talk about Jesus Christ, who we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus, who was the Son of God, who came 2,000 years ago, was born amongst us, died on a cross and rose again on the third day. That's Jesus that we're talking about. And when we use the word Christ, that's not his surname. The word Christ is the same word as Messiah. You may have heard both of those. Messiah is Hebrew because all the Old Testament, which was written before Jesus came, was in Hebrew, which translated quite thankfully into English. And all of the New Testament, when Jesus was alive and all his teachings was written in Greek. 
which again has been translated. So what's happened is that in Hebrew, Messiah, and in Greek, Christ, it's the same word. And what it means, it's Jesus who was the one who was anointed by God. He was the one commissioned by God. He was the Son of God who came for the purpose of dying for our sins. And that's what we find. So we love Jesus, but why should we love Jesus? Well, the Bible's clear. It says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because He first loved us. If you're not feeling loved today, I want to tell you, you are, and you're loved by God. So much so that if you know your scriptures, if you know John 3, 16, you know it says there, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that we could be set free of our sins. It's amazing to think that God loved us so much that he gave us his son. And his son died in our place for our sins on the cross. That might seem a bit strange to you, perhaps if you're again watching online or if you're here for the first time, you don't really know much about Christianity. Let's just explore that a little bit more about how God loved us and why he had to do what he had to do. You see, as much as we may feel good about ourselves and achieving things, perhaps we weren't good enough. Because the problem each and every one of us has is called sin. And we have all sinned. That means we've all done things which are wrong, which offend God. God, on the other hand, is holy. And I suppose you could say that means sinless. Now, God loves us and he desires for each and every one of us to spend eternity, when this life ends, with him in heaven. And that's good news, isn't it? He wants us there. He desires for everyone to be with him in heaven. But just as oil and water don't mix, you know that, don't you? If you tried that, oil always floats to the top and the water stays at the bottom. Well, neither can holiness and sinfulness mix. So we can't spend an eternity with him in heaven until we have the sin dealt with. And so God did something quite phenomenal. God sent Jesus, who was sinless. And he took the punishment for our sin on the cross. That's a phenomenal thing for anything or anybody to do. And he did that because, well, let me just, let me just explain it. If someone broke into your house and stole your TV and everything else in your house, or broke into your car, even little cars in the car park, you know. And I mean, I think that person would be just as mad as if it was a Rolls Royce. If they stole something from it, you would expect that when that person who stole your goods was found, that they would be punished. Am I right? So they would be probably put in prison, fined or whatever it was. But there would always be a punishment for the crime. Sin is like a crime against God who's holy. And so we're all going to be punished. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That's eternal separation from a God who loves us. So what did God do? He allowed his son to take the punishment for us. In fact, the Bible even says this, 
that he who knew no sin, Jesus, knew no sin, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We might become holy like God is. And once we've received that forgiveness, which is now possible, we can spend eternity with God. Amen. That's how exciting the gospel is. That's why gospel means good news. Doesn't matter what we've done, where we're at, because of what God has done, we can now spend eternity with Him, which is phenomenal. So He loves us. But how do we then take that step to be forgiven? It's important to understand this, and you may have heard this a hundred times, a thousand times. But this morning, I I don't want anyone to leave here with any doubt in their minds or anyone watching online to have any doubt as to how they can be forgiven by God who loves them dearly. Well, the fact is, we need to understand that God loves us and that we have a problem and that problem is called sin. Then we need to ask God to forgive us. And then we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is now our Lord, our Saviour, our friend. We are now following Jesus. I love the baptismal services, don't you? Aren't they great? Now, you may have noticed that Pastor Dave asks two questions when the person goes into the tank before he baptises them. The first question is, he says, do you believe that, uh, sorry, do you accept Let me get this right. Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead? And the candidate in the tank would say, yes, I believe. And that's what we all have to do. We have to believe that Jesus is who he said he is and that he did die on the cross. It was for us and he did rise from the dead. Amen? Amen. The second thing that Pastor Dave asks is, do you accept him and profess him as your Lord and Saviour? Believing is not quite enough. We've got to take that step of faith and we've got to profess that Jesus Christ, confess it, just declare it aloud, put it that way. Yes, I have decided to follow Jesus. And that's what you have to do. It's as simple as that. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to carry out some religious rituals or anything like that. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to do anything in particular. You just have to believe and receive. As simple as that. And then we love God back like he loves us. And so the second thing that we have to do is to live for Jesus It's not just a matter of loving Jesus, but we live for Jesus. And in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter two, verse eight and 10 says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it's a gift of God, not the results of works that anyone should boast. For we are what he has made us created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. What that verse is saying is that, you know what? Before you even took your first breath, God had a plan. And his plan was good works. 
But because of sin, we didn't do them. But now that we've received forgiveness, now that we have that relationship restored with God who loves us, we can now do the stuff that he prepared beforehand for us to do. You see, we've got something which is amazing, but it's also quite bad in a way, or can be, it's called free will. Free will. Now, if God had created us without free will, we'd be like robots. And we would just carry on like a program. We would do everything God had planned us to do and everything would be wonderful and all the rest of it. But he didn't. He gave us free will. So we have choice. And that means that we can either live out the purposes of God in our life or we can live our own purpose. And guess what? When we live our own purpose, we usually mess up. Look at the state of the world. Look at the state of even our own nation because they've rejected the purposes and plans of God. Imagine if this whole nation turned to Christ. Can you believe for that? I believe for that. We can believe because God can believe for that. God would love this nation to turn back to him and then you would see our nation thrive. Then you wouldn't have homelessness, you wouldn't have heartbreak, you wouldn't have addictions. You would have a society that was so in love with Jesus and following Jesus that it would just it would be like a light shining in the rest of the world. And so we need to think and pray into these things and understand that God has this purpose that we should live for him, but it's our choice. I wonder how many of us here this morning who perhaps made a decision, maybe put a hand up in a meeting like this, said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. But in recent times, you haven't been doing. Recent times you thought, actually, I think, I think I'd like to go back to the stuff I used to do. Maybe you thought, maybe I'm going to just do it my own way because I think I've got a, a better handle on this. I've got better ideas than God has. Let me tell you, following and serving the purposes of God in your life is the best way to live. It doesn't come without problems. Of course, you're going to have problems, but you've got God with you. And that was, that's what makes the difference. He gives you the strength. He gives you wisdom. He gives you guidance. He gives you everything that you could possibly need to get through the hard times. But you can still, through that, serve the purposes of God for your generation. You only get one chance. You know, 100 years' time, if Jesus hasn't come back again, which he's promised to do, remember, 100 years' time, none of us will be here. Well, unless somehow we've we found some like way of stopping our bodies aging or something like that. And so we've only got the now. However young you are, however old you are, You've got now. It's your generation now. So serve the purposes of God now. And let's see what God has planned for you. Never limit yourself. God has no limits on what he can do in your life. So it's depending upon the condition of your heart and your availability. And God can use you to do extraordinary things if you determine, you know what, I'm not going to do it my way, I'm going to do it His way. And then you just watch and see what God can do in and through your life. It's going to be phenomenal. And so as we look perhaps at our living for Jesus and whether we are or not, we have to understand that it's all to do with attitude. 
and it's all to do with the decisions we make. Ephesians 5 and verse 8 to 12 says this, For at one time you were darkness. Everyone who's following Jesus, once we walked in darkness. But, Paul writes, But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. In other words, think about it. Is what you're doing pleasing to God? If it isn't, don't do it. Think about what you do before you do it. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. I don't have to explain to you the kind of bad things that people do. You read about it on your newspapers or on your online news reports now and your apps. You read about the horrific things that people do and stuff that we have done. Perhaps it's stuff that we're still doing that we shouldn't be doing. God knows about that stuff. And he's saying, you know, I just want to tell you today, I have a purpose for you. And I want you to serve that purpose. Put that stuff away and start to live for me. You know, many people who claim to love Jesus, I don't think have ever read their Bibles. Because the Bible's quite clear that if we're living for Jesus, it tells us quite clearly what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And so if we're doing stuff we shouldn't do, we're obviously not reading the Bible because it tells us plain and clear. There's no gray areas with God. It's black or it's white. He's white, our sin is black, and there it is. I don't know if you've got your Bibles or Bible app, but you might want to follow me through. We're just going to read a few verses from Colossians chapter three. It's Colossians chapter three. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 14. This is found in the New Testament. If you've got your Bible app, you can just literally put in Colossians, C-O-L-O-S-S-I-A-N-S, and you'll find it for you. Okay, this is what it says. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. That means that you've got this new life in Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, you died to your sin, didn't you? And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, that means put aside, stop doing, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's every one of you who's following Jesus, who's called 
God's chosen people. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen? See, that's how we can live for Jesus. It tells us quite clearly how we can do this stuff. And so if we're doing it, then we know that we can serve the purposes of God in our lives. Well, that's two points. What's the third point? The third strand of purpose. So we love Jesus, live for Jesus, share Jesus. That's also so important in our purpose. I want you to imagine, it shouldn't be too hard because it was only three years ago, you get a world pandemic. It was horrible, wasn't it? Can you believe when we're all sitting together so closely that three years ago we were sitting apart? We weren't meeting. Or when we finally did meet, there was like, was it two metres gap between everybody? It was horrendous. And sadly, many, many people died from that pandemic. But I want you to imagine horrifically for a moment that there's a world pandemic and everybody who catches the disease dies, that there is no hope. Okay, can you imagine that? Horrible, I know. But just imagine in the middle of that, you discover a vaccine, an antidote to the disease. And so you discover it and you take it or inject it, whatever you do with it, and you know you're not gonna die. And you think, yes, I'm not gonna die. Even if I catch this disease, it's gonna have no effect on me. Yes. Would it be morally right not to tell anyone else about it? I mean, surely you'd want to. You think, I found the antidote. I found the vaccine. I wanna tell everybody in the world what they need to do in order that they don't die. Well, we would do that, wouldn't we? We would do that. Well, imagine if you knew that everyone without Christ is going to die and not spend eternity in heaven, but an eternity in hell. We know that, don't we? Because that's what the Bible tells us. So how much more important is it that we share Jesus with others? So it not just changes and transforms their life, but it gives them the hope for eternity. We've got the answer. It's good news. Why wouldn't we want to share it in a world of bad news? So let's also fulfil our purpose in sharing Jesus with others. The Bible says clearly in Acts 4 verse 12, speaking of Jesus, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved. It's only Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the only way. I am the only truth. I am the only life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So we need to share that news with others. Some who are struggling, some who are trying everything to try and find peace, trying to find something in life spiritual, when the fact of the matter is we've got the answer. So let's 
share it. You know that every day we could have an opportunity to share if we wanted to. If we prayed before we actually left our homes and we prayed, God, I want to share Jesus today with someone. He would create the opportunities for you to do so. He won't give you opportunities if you're not looking for them, not expecting them and not prepared for them. But if you pray, then he creates the opportunities for you to do it. I was just thinking, if, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again. There's about 220 people in home church right now, which is amazing, by the way. Amen. But imagine if we all said, you know what? I'm going to share Jesus with someone. I'm going to bring them to a service. Before the end of this year, I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to pray and bring them so they can hear the gospel, so they can get saved. They can follow Jesus, then get baptised. I want to get in the tank with them, okay? If we all did that, then by the end of the year, how many people would we have in the church? Anybody do maths? 440, okay? And if we all did the same thing, including those new people, did the same thing the following year, how many would we have? 880. Do you know how many people we would have if we did this for 10 years? 225,000 people. We're going to need a bigger building. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Let's capture this vision. Let's understand that we are here for the purpose of sharing Jesus with others. And if we do that, we are going to grow. Yeah. Jesus is building his church, but we're part of that building process. And he asks us to share him with others. It's not difficult. We pray, opportunity arises, we share. That person then has to make that decision. They can say yes, they can say no. But if we prayed for them, the chances are God will soften their hearts to receive the message of the gospel. One of my great heroes of the faith is a guy called John Hyde. He's known as Praying Hyde. And he served in India for many years. And in 1904, there was a massive amount of services like this all across India. And thousands of people responded to the gospel. They wanted to become followers of Jesus. And John Hyde decided he was going to pray every day that at least one person a day, he could lead them to Jesus Christ. And it happened. And then he got ambitious. He said, I want to lead at least two people. And that was happening. And then he said, I'm going to pray that at least three people a day come to know Jesus. And then he got even more ambitious. He said, oh, I want to lead four people a day to Jesus. And he did. And because he prayed, he was praying hard, he would pray. And I can't under, overemphasize the need to pray for our friends and our relatives, students, people that we mix with. Four people a day coming to know Jesus because he said, I'm going to share Jesus. Amazing. Throughout his lifetime, he led hundreds of people to Jesus. And I would love for us to even reach one a year. Surely that's possible. Amen? So we don't have to go to India. God might call you to India. We can do it here. Kirk and Tillich. 
in Cumbernauld, Kilsyth, wherever we are based. We can lead people to Christ. At the very least, invite them to come to a service. If that's all you can do, just say, wow, home church, amazing, gotta come, gotta check it out. You're gonna really love it. Can you do that? Okay. I mean, it is amazing, isn't it? It's not difficult when you, I mean, if, it's, if a church is kind of like dead, which there are some churches like that, you can't really drum up those in, that enthusiasm, but here you can because it's true. It's an awesome place to be. So at the very least, get them in and then let the Holy Spirit do the rest in their heart, okay? So we want to see our family, our friends, people that we know, people that we love. We want to see them following Jesus, our neighbours, people in the shops, people on the, the cash tills and everything. We want to see them all come to know Jesus. But it's up to us to share Jesus. And so I'm asking you this morning, are you fully loving Jesus? Maybe you're here for the first time and you, you haven't ever done that. You haven't even thought about that. Perhaps you're watching online and you think, this is the first time I've even heard about Jesus, heard about God and how much he loves me. Or maybe you love Jesus, but you haven't really been living for Jesus. You know, like Pastor Dave was saying, perhaps there's still stuff there that you know shouldn't be there, but you want today to make that decision. Or maybe you love him, you're living for him, but you're not really sharing him, but you want to. I'm going to ask the band just to come up right now. We're going just to bring this to a conclusion. But like I said at the very beginning, unless we leave this service somehow being affected or impacted, encouraged or challenged by the word, then it was a waste of time. And so it would be pointless of me sharing this with you if I don't give you an opportunity to respond to the word of God. And so in a moment or two, I'm going to be asking us to pray and I'm going to be asking each and every one of you and those watching online too, that if you haven't yet said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, you can do it this morning. And if you haven't been living for Jesus, but you want to, again, you can respond this morning. And if you're saying, you know what, I'm going to determine that by the end of this year, I'm going to bring someone here to hear the gospel again. I want to give that opportunity for you to respond. So maybe we could just all bow our heads and pray. Just before I pray, and I'm going to pray three different prayers whilst every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here this morning and you've never actually decided to follow Jesus, you perhaps don't even understand too much about what that means, but you know in your heart you want to do it. I'd love to pray with you after the service. Pastor Dave would like to come and pray with you as well. So I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. I've talked about it already. It's just to put your hand up in the air and take it down. Is there anyone this morning saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to do that right now. Would you just put your hand up I can see it and then you can put it down. Take this opportunity right now. If you're watching online and you want to respond, just send a message right now and we'll get back to you straight away. Okay, this is my second appeal. 
And this is for those who perhaps feel that somehow the Holy Spirit's been stirring up your heart and you're saying, I really like to live more for Jesus. I'm probably making some mistakes here and I just wanna make a public kind of commitment to live right. I wanna make adjustments. If that's you this morning, would you again, just put your hand up and I'm just gonna say a simple prayer. You can put your hand down. Is there anyone here this morning? I wanna live for Jesus. I wanna just do this properly. Again, online, if you wanna do that, just message us. And then my final appeal is this. If you wanna share Jesus, you wanna have the courage, the boldness, the opportunities, the determination, you're saying today, I'm gonna share Jesus before the end of the year with someone and I'm praying for their salvation. If you wanna do that, again, just put your hand up and I'm gonna pray for you as well. Okay, any more? Just put your hand up. Yeah, okay, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna pray. Lord, I pray first of all for those perhaps who've been watching online who have not yet known about Jesus or decided to follow Jesus. And I pray right now that you'd be with them, that you would encourage them. And as they message us, we'll be able to help them on their journey following Christ. Lord, I pray for anyone who's been watching online or in the service who hasn't been living right, then they know that and they wanna determine right now, we're gonna, I'm gonna live right for Jesus. I'm gonna put away the, the stuff of darkness, the stuff that I know I've been doing wrong. And I just wanna live for Jesus from this day on. I pray you'll give them everything they need in order to do that. And I also pray for those who've responded saying, I'm gonna bring someone before the end of the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to them. I'm gonna share Jesus with them. Lord, would you create opportunities for them? Even this week, Lord, you give them the boldness that as they pray each day before they leave the house, they would encounter people that need you and have the joy of either leading them to Christ or bringing them here where they can find the joy of their salvation in Christ. So Lord, I just thank you the way you've spoken in our hearts and I ask Lord that we too, like King David, will serve your purposes for our generation. And we're praying that those purposes will include great church growth, not just this church, but your church in Scotland. We're praying for this nation. We're praying for a revival of the churches in this nation. We're praying, Lord, for a move of your Holy Spirit like has never been seen before. And we're praying, Lord, that many thousands upon thousands will come to know you and love you and follow you in the weeks and months to come. And we're praying this all for your glory, Lord, or to see heaven filled and hell emptied. We ask this in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Home Church Scotland podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, feel free to get in touch with me. My email is dave at homechurch.scot.com.